somebody give him a great praise right now. How many of you understand that your praise is prophetic? Come on, tell your neighbor, my praise is prophetic. The Bible says that he calls things that are not as though uh, they already were. Because when God speaks a thing, uh, he stands at the end uh, and speaks back to the beginning. And so my praise isn't always predicated on my current circumstances. But when I begin to praise God with real faith, uh, faith uh, is the substance of things hoped for uh, and the evidence uh, of things not seen. Uh, in other words, I don't have to see it uh, to praise God for it. Uh, I don't have to have it in my hand uh, to know that it's on the way. Uh, I wish somebody would take a few moments uh, and in just a second, uh, you're gonna praise God uh, in faith. Uh, praise Him for what you're believing Him to do. Uh, and praise Him uh, like it's already done. Are you ready? Uh, one, uh, two, uh, one, two, three. He did. Come on. He did. He did. phone call. Praise him like the mail already came. Praise him like the doctor already gave you the report. Somebody give him a shout. Brother Brian has been suffering from vertigo and a handful of health challenges the past few weeks. Doctors weren't sure they were trying to figure everything out. And this past week, was it on Tuesday? On Friday, the Lord touched his body. Uh, and from that time till now, uh, he hasn't felt vertigo, uh, hasn't had any symptoms. Uh, he's feeling perfect, uh, like nothing. How you say, what happened? Uh, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, he did it. Uh, he did it. Uh, my God, you ought to praise him uh, like that's your testimony. Uh, you ought to praise him. Uh, like he already did it for you tonight. Yeah. Somebody give him another shout of praise tonight. Praise him like you're glad to be in the house of the Lord. For Sunday, 
grateful for what we feel in this sanctuary tonight amen amen I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done in this house today make you make your way back to your seat just remain standing if you would just remain on your feet remain resting on your feet tonight as we prepare for the word of the Lord in this house tonight amen we thank God for what he's done in this house this morning when we finished here in the house of the Lord I, I forgot the name. I was running and gunning, and I don't have it in front of me. But we baptized one more in Jesus' name that received the Holy Ghost. Is that right? Received the Holy Ghost this morning. I can't see. Okay, what was her name? Casey was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of her sins. And uh, we're so grateful for what the Lord is doing all across this sanctuary. I don't know about you, but I feel something magnificent happening in the undercurrent of this house. Anybody else can testify you feel that happening? There are miracles, signs, and wonders that are unfolding, and we are entering a very exciting season in this summer, and uh, everything that the Lord is doing in this house. Uh, I don't remember if I announced this publicly to the church, but I wanted to just give you an update. If I did not announce it, I will give you an update tonight. Uh, but as you know, it has been a, a dream of ours for many years um, from the time that we landed in Fort Myers. We knew that God had put some amazing things inside of this house in seed format uh, that has taken the Lord to water and man to till the ground. And uh, there has been an abundance of fruitfulness in so many, so many areas uh, of this house. But one of the areas in which we have seen great abundance is in our music ministry department. How many of you thank God? How many of you thank God for the incredible music department, the praise and worship around here? Under the direction, this girl's bad, y'all. She fine. Don't tell nobody. I got a crush on the choir, the music director. But our wonderful first lady has been working with our music department for quite some time. I want to give her great honor tonight. Would you help me honor her? Amen. And uh, the Lord has uh, made it to where uh, the time has finally come. And we are in the beginning stages of putting together uh, an entire recording project of our church. The Rock Church's very first uh, published original music. Uh, amen. And we are starting off by releasing our very first single recording. Yeah. And uh, we decided that we would take the theme of our, of our conference, which this year the theme, of course, is Undefeated, and we would write a song called Undefeated. <laughs> the song has been written, the song has been recorded, and uh, right now is in the hands of our, our mixing engineer, and uh, in probably about a week and a half, that will be finished. We are in the middle right now of forming, uh, the church is forming its very own publishing company so that we can copyright all of our own music and material, 
and make sure that we protect all of the ownership of our music. And what we are doing is this will be prepared and ready for release on the first night of the conference. Amen. And uh, the choir will, will debut the song on the first night of the conference uh, for the entire world to hear it. And uh, simultaneously, it'll become available on all major outlets for people to purchase and download and listen to. And uh, we are wait till you all hear this song. Woo! I'm just telling you, it's awesome. And uh, we're excited about that. And uh, thank you, First Lady, for all of your investment, your hard work, your vision. Amen to all of our amazing singers and our choir and all of the band and everybody who worked so hard to make it uh, as incredible as it is. I've asked tonight, I have uh, had a, a fairly taxing preaching schedule and still have uh, a good amount of uh, demand on my voice over the next couple of weeks and um, was praying that if the Lord would allow somebody would be able to deliver the word of the Lord tonight uh, without me having to sacrifice blood on the altar <laughs> uh, to do that tonight. And I, I felt impressed this afternoon uh, to ask my son, Brother Judah Williams, to come. Just graduated from high school. So proud of him and and God's got a special touch on his life and a great anointing upon his life. Uh, anybody that knows him loves him. And uh, I thank God for a son that is such a tremendous blessing. I want him to come tonight. And I want him to obey the Holy Ghost. How many of you all will just get, get with the man of God tonight, the preaching of the word? How many of you came with the spirit of expectancy, believing God to talk to you? Would you lift your hands one more time? all over this house. Lift your voice and give God a great praise as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us in this house. Come on, brother. Can we send that up to Jesus for just a moment? Come on, somebody, just send that up to Jesus for a moment. preacher like me to get up here and we just got done shouting about he did it and screaming and jumping and to just grab the mic and start screaming and jumping but if there's one thing I've learned in the 17 years that I've been alive it's that we ought to obey God rather than men And if I'm going to be honest with you, my flesh wanted to just come up here and hype you guys up and get a praise break going and just shout this thing down. I'm going to be honest tonight. But that's not what God told me to do. So if you'd give me a few moments of your time, I'm, I'm, I'll be aware of, of the time and what's going on. But I believe that God is going to move in this place. I truly do. Wednesday night, I was preparing for bed, and 
I got in bed, started trying to relax, took a drink of water, and I just could not go to sleep. I could not go to sleep. So what do you do when you can't go to sleep? Jump on your phone. <laughs> and I rolled through my music, and I saw this song, and I began to listen to this song, and God dropped this in my spirit, in my heart. I didn't know when I was going to be speaking. I didn't know when I was, what, to what degree it was. But it's just been resonating in my heart from that point forward. So when my dad asked me to preach, I said, yes, sir. And so that's where we're at tonight. So if you help me, I believe that God is going to move in this place. If you could open your Bibles to the book, or to the, I should say the Song of Solomon. I know that is a sketchy book to be bringing up. But we're going to get through this. So if you would open your Bibles to the book, chapter 2, beginning at chapter 2. The word says, I am the rose of Sharon. And lily of the valleys, as the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the world, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Stay me with flagons, comfort me with apples. For I am sick of love. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. I charge ye, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up, nor awake my love, till he please. We see the beginning of a relationship. And we begin to see that the love and the relationship is developed between two individuals. You turn to chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, it says, By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found, I found him not. I will rise now and go about the city, in the streets and in the broadways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that goeth, go about the city found me. To whom I said, saw ye him whom my soul loveth? It was but a little that I passed from them. But I found him, him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love. Till he please. The lady was in jeopardy. She thought that she had lost her beloved. She was scared. She ran and she searched for him and she found him. Bear with me for a moment as we go to chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. I'm coming to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, O friends, drink ye, drink abundantly, O beloved, 
I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with the dew and my locks with the drops of the night. I've put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I've washed my feet. How shall I defile them? My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, with, and my hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved hath withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took me away, my veil from me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if ye find my beloved, that ye tell them that I am sick of love. For a few, few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to preach, do you still love me? Do you still love me? If you'd lift our hands across this place, God, would you reach your hand down into this sanctuary right now? Lord, my lips are but clay. I'm but a broken vessel, Jesus. But would you take this vessel, God? Would you purge me with hyssop, God? Right now, let me speak your word, God. And let every person in this place be ready to hear your word, God, right now. Would you change a heart, God? Change a mind. Let your anointing reach down in this place right now. We need your glory. In your mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Love, what a word with such depth. Nowadays, love has been turned into a lot of different things. Love has been manipulated. Love has been distorted. And, you know, what better place to find out what love is than from the Internet, right? So I jumped on the internet and I found this funny video where they were asking people what love meant to them. And like, I'd like to share to you what a few people said. Someone said, love is the greatest marketing tool ever invented. Others said that love is simply nostalgia of good things that have happened in the past. One person said, I don't like saying I'm in love because that means that there could be a fallout. One person defined the word love by simply a kiss. And others defined it as simply looking after someone. What shallow perception of what love truly is. I've come to talk to you tonight about what love is. So I'd like to take a few moments, and some of you probably already know this, but those of you who do not, I'm going to enlighten you as to what the Bible says love is. The first type of love that we see in the Bible is the word eros. 
And when we de derive that word, it simply means love is the, this love, this type of love, eros love, is the physical love or the intimacy between a husband and a wife. It expresses romantic attraction. I'm going to tell you right now, no eros love will fill the void in your heart. The love for your husband or your wife will never fill the void of God in your life. I'm going to be a little blunt. Sex will not fill the void in your life. Physical love cannot replace spiritual love. A spiritual need cannot be replaced with a physical body. Sometimes we could get so busy looking for a physical love, for a tangible love, that we're rejecting God's supernatural love. Supernatural meaning it's beyond the natural. We're so focused on natural love, on artificial love. Nowadays, you could paint on, you could take off, you could stick on, and you could be as pretty as you want to be. Am I telling the truth? If you're a man, you could be a woman model in 10 minutes. And if you're a woman, you could be a man in 10 minutes as well. That's natural love. And that will never, ever, ever fulfill the void for God's spiritual love in your life. The second type of love that we see in the Bible is the word storge. This type of love is the natural or instinctual affection. Such as the love of a parent towards an offspring or vice versa. Let me also tell you that your family will never fulfill the void. The love from your family will never fulfill the void of God in your heart and in your life. Luke chapter 14 verse 26 says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Let me tell you, your family is great and your family can be there for you, but it will never replace the void of God in your life. Quit trying to fill that void with relationships. In Luke, my bad, I skipped. Let's back up. The next type of love is philia love. Say philia. This is the most general form of love used in the Bible. It's the most common. It's encompassing for love for fellow humans, care, respect. Compassion for people in need. This is your basic love. But let me tell you, a basic love isn't good enough. I don't know about you, but I've sinned a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes, and some basic love isn't going to reach down to my mistakes. A shallow love can't reach down to the lies I've told. A shallow and very generic love isn't going to reach down to the sins that I've committed against God. The common love won't get you to heaven. 
Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name have done wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Is it possible that we could sometimes be working for a God that we do not even know? I'm telling you right now, a shallow love for God is not going to make it in this last time. I don't care how many Bible studies you teach. I don't care how many times you come to Sunday morning service. I don't care how many times you go on outreach. I don't care how much money you give in the offering plate. My Bible tells me that that love, he's going to cast you out and say, I never knew you. Not that you can't make it to heaven. I never even knew who you were. You never even tried to establish a relationship with me. The final love that we see in the Bible, and you all have heard it, is agape. Agape is God's unconditional love. This is the highest form of love. The highest form of love. It's the love from God to man and from man to God. There is no greater love than the love that God has for his children. You can't, you can't have more love to your wife than God has towards you. You can't have more love to physical things than God has towards you. When you understand that we are his creation... And there is no one who appreciates creation more than the creator. Because the creator has a relationship with the creation. The creator was there when it was in its basic, broke down and busted state. The creator was there when it was simply a dream. It was simply something. And the creator watched as it molded it and it shaped it and it made it into what it is today. And there is no love like the creation to the creator. How do we know this? This sounds good. But how do we know this? Well, let me tell you, Luke chapter 14, verse 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus continues to say, Ye are my friends, if you do, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. God considers us his friends. That's how deep his love is. He's the God of the universe. Let that sink in. He is the God of creation. He is the God of everything. Everything we see, everything we touch, he is the one behind it. The human body and all its intricacies and how it works and how the blood flows and veins move. God thought about that. He is, it's, he is uncomparable. You can't even begin to think of him. And he's our friend. He's friend with dust. The only way you're going to fill that void in your life 
is if you fill it with the one, the only one who can fill it. And that one is Jesus. I don't know what you've been trying to fill it with. You got to understand that people are designed to let us down. People are designed to let us down. That way we don't become dependent on them. We're human. We're flesh. As much as I try, I'm going to make mistakes. Your wife isn't going to be perfect. Your husband isn't going to be perfect. A, a story that came to mind when I began to read of this immediately is obviously God. He is the embodiment of love. He has the greatest love in the world. And what comes to me is his love towards his disciples. Because that's his love towards us. We are his disciples. We see the first time that God calls his disciples is in Luke chapter 5. Verse 2 through 11, this is when God had, they had already followed God at this point. We understand that the disciples knew of God. It's not like this was their first time seeing God. But this was the first time that God really talked to the disciples. And he was just in their boat and he pushed off and he preached to the multitude. And after this, it says in Luke chapter 5, verse number 3, that he entered into the ships, into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little bit from the land. And he sat down, taught the people, and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a trot. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. We all know this story. We've heard it a million times. But the part that I always passed over until I began to really look at this is in verse chapter 4. It says, launch out into the deep. Let me tell you, I don't know what miracle you need in your life. I don't know what you're searching for, but you're not going to find it in the shallows. You've been fishing in the shallows, and you're getting the same results. The same, you're going to keep getting the same results until you launch into the deep. The next part is in verse chapter, in verse chapter 10. It says that they, for he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of fishes. They just pulled in all these fishes. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt couch men. Right there, he gives them what their purpose is. Thou shalt couch men. Then he proceeds to say, and when they had heard this, they brought their ships to land. They forsook all and followed him. Until you're willing to let go of your past, you're never going to be able to go into your future. Until you're willing to let go of your past, you are never going to be able to, to run into your future. It says they forsook all. They forsook all and they followed him. As we know, 
that began to go on this journey with Jesus. And they see miracles done. They see 5,000 men fed. They see lepers healed. They see ears. I mean, you name it, the, the miracles. And they see the miraculous. And they began to walk with God. Can you imagine that? Walking with God, the almighty God. And you're walking with him. And he's teaching you. And everywhere he goes, you're going. And at night when he lays down, you're laying down next to him. You're with the almighty God. And they begin to develop this relationship with him. And we find him, we find him at the Last Supper. And God begins to tell him that, hey, one of y'all is going to betray me. And everyone's talking, oh, who's going to betray, you know, they're trying to figure it out. Can you imagine that? Sitting at a table with God and he just said that someone's going to betray him. There's an imposter among us. And... You're trying to figure out who it is and, my God, and Peter, you know Peter, he's, he's big at this point. He's been around God, you know, he's preached those cool messages. He's been seeing all these miracles and he says, God, I, I wouldn't deny you. I wouldn't do that to you. You know me. Come on, we're, we're better than this. I ain't a casual. God, I ain't a casual. I've been with you since the beginning. I've been with you. Come on, I'm your dog. I ain't going to do this to you. And Jesus looks at him and says, by the end of tonight, you will deny me three times. <laughs> me, God? I'm going to deny you three times? How dare you? That, that hurts me. Can, have you not seen me? I forsook my whole livelihood and I followed you. And I, I went with you everywhere you went. And when you needed something, I went and got it for you. And you're telling me that I'm going to deny you? And they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And isn't it funny that they all fall asleep? The only one praying is Jesus. The only one praying is Jesus. And we see just a few verses later that the Roman legions come and they take Jesus away. And in Luke chapter 22, it picks up at verse 54 and it says, Then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. That's where it started. We like to start wringing Peter's neck about denying him. But it started when God was getting taken. He wasn't with him. He followed afar off. And we see... In verse 55, and when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid behind him beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, this man was also with him. And he denied him saying, woman, I know him not. You know it's serious when he said woman. Woman, I know him not. In a little while, another psalmist said, thou art also of them. And Peter said, man. I am not. He needs to work on a different greeting to people other than woman and man. But, you know. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed saying of a truth. This fellow also was with him. For he is a Galilean. And Peter said, man, I not, know not thou what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how we said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out 
and wept bitterly. Peter realized that he denied his best friend. And as I began to speak to you tonight, I know there's some people who you're realizing that here recently you may have denied your best friend. You may have been coming to church and you may have been going through the motions, but you may have been denying God. You come and you come to the front when everyone comes to the front. And you go sit down when everyone goes and sits down. And you're here for Thursday night prayer and you're walking. But when's the last time? When's the last time you really, really talked? When's the last time you had that agape love? I know, I know you've done all the other loves. You've done the casuals. You've done the, the surface. And you've done that. You've done the work of the Lord. And I'm going to still phrase from Bishop, but have you forgot the Lord of the work? We know the story. God has taken. He's crucified. Imagine the guilt in Peter's heart. You just denied your best friend. And now he is whipped within an inch of his life. And he's struggling through the streets of Jerusalem with a cross on his back. And they get him there and they nail his hands into this cross. And they nail his feet into this cross. And you're sitting there the whole time with just the shame of I just denied him. And now he's dying. Jesus is put upon the cross and he dies. And we obviously know our God's a victorious God and he rose from the grave and he came back and Peter ran to the tomb and Peter did this. But he didn't start following him again. There was a disconnect. They didn't pick up where they left off. God came back. God rose from the dead. But Peter still wasn't following him. They went and showed Thomas. But Peter, once, once they were done with Thomas, Jesus went that way. Peter went this way. We see in John chapter 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. At the sea of Tiberias, and on the wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan, in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I go a fishing. They said unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into his ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. The disciples didn't know it was Jesus on the shore. The same disciples that watched him feed 5,000, the same disciples that watched him do all these miracles didn't know that it was Jesus on the shore. 
there was obviously enough time that have elapsed where they have lost touch with this with their best friend they have lost touch with their beloved then Jesus saith unto them children have ye any meat they answered him no Jesus starts a conversation with them have ye any meat no they still don't recognize and he said unto them cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find that also sounds familiar doesn't it they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came into a little ship, for they were not far from land. But as if it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes, as soon as they were come to land they saw a fire of coals thereof and fish laid thereon and bread Jesus saith unto them bring of the fish which ye have now caught Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes and hundred and fifty and three and for all there were so many yet the net was not broken Jesus saying to them come and dine and none of the disciples durst to ask him who art thou knowing that it was the Lord Jesus then cometh and taketh the bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus, the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples. After that he was risen from the dead. So when they had died, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. The same amount of times that you deny God is the same amount of time God's is going to give you a chance. I know this wasn't some theological deep message. But this is just what has been stirring in my heart. And I want to tell someone in this place that God is simply asking, do you still love me? It's been a while. It's been a while since I've heard your voice. And it's been a while since we talked together. But I'm still here. I still love you. The same man that denied Jesus was the same God and the same man that stood in Acts chapter 2 and proclaimed the very message which upon our faith is built. I'm just going to throw this in here. Don't be looking for your Acts 2 moment without your John 21 moment. 
His Acts 2 moment would have never came if he didn't have a John 20 to 21 moment. Everybody can stand. These altars are open. I'm not going to make this formal. But if you really, if you find a place in your heart where you haven't talked to him, now's a good time. It doesn't have to be a fancy prayer. You've done the fancy prayers before. He just wants to hear your voice. He's just asking the question, do you still love me? I know that you've made that mistake. Trust me, I saw it. I saw when you did that. I heard you when you said that word. I, I heard that conversation. I saw that video that you watched on YouTube. But do, do you still love me? God doesn't want to just be your boyfriend on Sunday morning. But he wants to wrap the loving arms of a creator around you. And he wants to have that love with you. Every, high, every head bowed, every eye closed. Somebody right now, reach out to the lover of your soul. Reach out to the lover of your soul. God, I know it's been a while since I've been in this moment. God, I know it's been a while since I've called upon your name. I know it's been casual calls in church, God, but to worship you, I live, I live to worship Can somebody hear the cry tonight? He's simply asking, do you still love me? Don't forget I'm the one who created you. I'm the one who loved you before you even knew what love was. I'm the one who reached down when you were at your lowest point and began to soothe your soul. I'm the one who was there for you. I'm the true lover of your soul. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what you're going through. But I love you. Somebody hear the cry of God out to you. I love you. I love you. Do you love him back tonight? Have you got caught up? Have you got caught up in the normalities that you have neglected to show him your love? Have you got caught up in the motions that you have neglected to show him your love? Somebody right now just preach to him. To hear your voice and meet with you. Nothing else matters. My one desire is somebody. If that's your desire, just go ahead right now. To worship, go ahead right now. I live to worship you. I live, I live to worship you. It's just you and him in this moment. It's just you and him in this moment. To worship you, I live. Reach out to, to the lover of your soul. I live, I live. Reach out to, to the lover of your soul. You. No fake love can replace his love. Let his 
not going to go back to where my past was. But he's having a mission. You may feel lost, but he's there. Nothing else matters. No, 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 no. No matter what you're going through, God is there. He's ready to meet you. He's ready to meet your need. He's ready to fill the void in your life. He's ready to fill those insecurities. brother when your sister wasn't he was there for you he's the lover of your soul he's the to lover of your soul you. I live to worship you somebody I let his presence wash upon you let his spirit let his spirit move upon you matter the situations that you've been struggling with but if you'll open up he'll he'll go in if you open your heart he'll go in somebody right now just empty it out he's seen every heartache he's seen every tear he's seen every cry but he can't do nothing 